you know, it's like representative of like most people today, right? It's like they're too caught up in like social media validation or like commentary. Yeah. I mean, like I admit it, like sometimes that gets me when they're like, Han, you're awesome. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, my <laughs> 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 man. Yeah, man. I know we value, um, likes more than we actually value genuine relationships. Welcome to the Hoop Collective. I'm Cassidy Hubbard in NYC. Uh, Ramona, actually in Philly, not on the West Coast. You're on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. We're in the Sixers and Heat. And we have a special guest, Nick Friedel. And his glorious laugh. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Out in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, it's a party out here, guys. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. I had, to, I had to, It really cut into my social scene out here, but I found a way. What are you doing out in Boston? (laughs) Yeah, we spent, Nick and I spent the weekend in Milwaukee together. So there wasn't a lot going on in Milwaukee either. Hey. Sure. Hey. We should, what? You just don't know where to go. Well, you know where I'm not going? That that cantina that didn't seat Giannis. Like, I'm a little, I'm a little mad about this. Like, he was standing in the front for 10 minutes. He's six foot 11. How do you right. no one even just walk up to him and be like, uh... It's not like... I, I mean, I saw the picture. There wasn't that many people there. I think the best part is that he didn't, like, get upset or anything. Like, he didn't, you know, cause a scene or... He just, like, left and walked down the street to this pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't be like, you know, I just won a basketball game for you. Like, I, right. you know. Like, there was none of that. He just, you know, oh, I guess they're busy, you know? <laughs> and the pizza so, place was only too happy to serve him. And oh, yeah. then the owner took a big p- picture with him <laughs> where yeah. she's got a Slacked huge smile on Instagram. her face. <laughs> right. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Uh, Nikki, you actually have a big piece on on um, on Giannis right now on ESPN.com. Um, it's actually kind of fitting, like, the fact that he, he chose to go to just some, like, random Mexican joint basically two hours after hitting a game winner to, you know, tie up a, a playoff series at two um, because he's, you know, that's just kind of who he is. Like he doesn't like the limelight. Mr. Milwaukee. I mean, truly guys, he, I think he really enjoys the city and he, he, he told me as much that he, you know, he wants to stay there throughout his entire career and he wants to be like Kobe and he wants to be like Tim Duncan, the guys that stay there, get their Jersey retired in the city enjoy it the whole time. Uh, but the hook here, Cass, is that uh, for as much as <laughs> as Giannis uh, enjoys uh, what Milwaukee can provide, and, and it was funny, he told me that a guy sent him a tweet a couple months ago that he posted that he's got loyalty in his DNA. And so the guy says every night he looks at that tweet and he can sleep easier at night because it means that maybe Giannis will, in fact, stay all these mm. years later. 
But then I talked to Kevin Durant a few weeks ago out in Oakland. And Durant, I tell him, you know, because he's a big Giannis fan. He enjoys his mm-hmm. game. Uh, he likes to watch him play. But I said, you know, Kevin, Giannis says he's going to stay there throughout the entirety of his career. And he wants his jersey retired. And and he stops me as we're talking. And he goes, I said the exact same thing. Yep, he and did. I went, wow. I mean, it, I, I really enjoyed talking to Durant because – you know, we're we're so used to these cliched quotes from all kinds of athletes. And in that moment, Kevin couldn't have been more honest. He said, that's what I said. That's what I wanted at that time. Uh, and, you know, he said, my advice to Giannis is to just go somewhere and and play for yourself. And what he wasn't saying, leave Milwaukee. His point was, if you're happy in Milwaukee and you're winning in Milwaukee, stay there as long as. Uh, your heart desires, but it was clear that he he said some things and made decisions at points in time in Oklahoma City that you know he he felt like he needed to say or do for uh, for fans or for their ownership, and he, he just doesn't want Giannis to go down to, uh, that same path. He wants him to make decisions for himself, and that's why Milwaukee knows this, and everybody says, "Oh, he's got three years left on his deal." Every move they make from now until three years from now mm-hmm. should be based on what makes Giannis the happiest. Uh, and if they can keep him happy uh, and they can keep the team improving, uh, there, there's no reason to believe right now that he would leave. But Durant's perspective was fascinating because he lived being oh, the yeah, face of a small market team. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was because it made news again today. Because those two <laughs> quotes you just said. There was a post on on Instagram where it was basically like Giannis, I'm gonna you know spend the next 20 years and I'm not misquoting it, but then him um, following up being like he should play for himself in that comment section. So keep that in mind. This means that that KD needs to go into the comment section. So basically, some person on an Instagram post said, "I never had any issues with KD leaving OKC like most people do. It's his mm-hmm. career, his life. He has the right to go wherever he chooses." But KD lost interest in playing with OKC because he finally realized they weren't going to win with the subpar squad they had. Then someone responded to that and said, "Quote unquote subpar." Uh, you know, LOL. The problem was Westbrook. They had a good ass team, and that's that second comment the the problem was Westbrook is what Durant supposedly liked or allegedly liked it was on accident he was just he was just scrolling on on Instagram but it's just like here we are again (laughs) we're back to this really Durant well let me let me speak a little on Kevin's behalf okay yeah um I don't think that it was an accident okay so I guess I'm not speaking on his behalf yeah, he said. He's <laughs> okay. um, I'm not saying he's not being truthful, but I'm not saying yeah. I believe him. Okay, on that part, but I think that um, Kevin was in an absolutely impossible so situation, which you know he is a nice person, right? He wanted to stay in Oklahoma City, and when he did, when he said that, and and let's let's remind people this was like several times, right? So there was the. There was the extension. Remember when he signed the five-year extension on the same day that LeBron does the decision, right? People forget the timing of all that, but it was it coincided off his rookie deal. And then a few years later is when he ends up leaving. So this is now twice that he had to make the choice. Um, 
But I think when he did that, I, I think he did want to be that guy. I think he wanted to be this loyal guy. And he, when he would walk the streets of Moore, Oklahoma, you know, after the hurt, after the, after the tornado, he really meant all of that. Like both things can be true, right? You can be the guy who wants to be that, you know, small town man and stick with the franchise your whole life. But then things happen. Relationships change. You don't win. Uh, Clay Thompson happens in game six of that series, right? Like history gets in there and you know, Kevin's a grown up. He, he has different management representation. Uh, Rich Kleiman is his business partner now and he has a different perspective on, on business and kind of open Kevin's eyes up to what he could do in Silicon Valley. Um, and you see some of that playing out now. And, and I think what we say when we're like 23, 24, um, you can mean all that. And it doesn't mean you didn't mean it at the time, but but things change and people change. And I, I, I think that's where Kevin, I think, is coming from when he sticks up for Giannis. And this is something that we, all three of us, all four of us have seen over time. But Ramona, as you were explaining where Durant's coming from, I think it's so interesting because to me, this all ties back to LeBron as mm-hmm. so many other things do within the league. It's like once LeBron left and went to Miami, all these smaller markets have like an inferiority complex now, even more than they did before. Like, uh-oh, we've got this star. If we don't keep him happy, oh, no. It's like this this cloud that just hovers over an Oklahoma City or in the, the next couple of years, a Milwaukee. We've got this game-changing talent we can't lose. And I, I was sitting there. Uh, last night in Milwaukee, and all these people are freaking out about that kid's tweet, how he didn't get service at the restaurant. And and Giannis, to his credit, totally diffused the situation today at the Bucks practice, and you know said it, it was okay. You know they're they're nice people to run the <laughs> restaurant, but I'm thinking like every time there's some slight, or every time that somebody comes out and says, "Oh no, we, we could lose this guy," to me. It all ties back to when LeBron left Cleveland the first time because I don't think anybody really truly believed that he could turn his back on his hometown and, and that area and, and Akron and Northeast Ohio. And then, boom, he did. And then, oh, could Kevin Durant really leave Oklahoma City after all these years and all that loyalty? After what he said, boom, he did. And so now Giannis is in that kind of path of this young superstar and, and your point is so well taken because he can say, I want to be there. I, I love Milwaukee. This is the place I want to be. But in a couple of years, things may change and you just don't know. And until he signs that next deal or that next star signs that next extension, I feel like that cloud over these small markets is just going to continue to hover. You know, who's been uh, sliding under the radar a little bit in this regard, Nick, it's uh Another guy that's moving on in the playoffs, Anthony Davis. Like, no one really mm-hmm. talks about yeah. 80s, where he's going to go next, anything like that. And New Orleans is you know, as small a market as any in the league. I, I want to say it was a couple months ago or something, but I, maybe around All-Star break or something, where I think Woj had a story with, with AD. Um, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I want to finish my career here. I want to win here, but I but I want to win more than anything. It was sort of like laying the groundwork in a lot of ways. Like you could hear it already in the way he was talking and the way he was, you know, it was sort of like, if we don't win here, you know, I got to look, might have to look elsewhere. You know, I mean, it was like one of those, like he's already, he's on the second contract. Cause usually not the first contract they leave, right? It's usually the second, yeah. the second one. Cause you're still in your prime, but you, you know, Giannis has already done, he's already done his first contract. So we're, we're coming up 
on the second one where you have to decide if you're going to spend your prime years in that in that city. And with well, Davis, Davis, especially, that, yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's, that, that article with with Woldrush, it was really interesting in his yeah. comments because he was he basically was saying like they don't call. I mean, people say I'm good, but I'm not a winner, and that I, mm-hmm. I win things. And he had it won, you know, a playoff game, and look at him now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's won he's won four in a row, and they look sensational. Like I, I'm not. There's been a lot of great storylines so far in these playoffs, but playoff Rondo. Is definitely up there. For me. <laughs> I don't know why. I just mm-hmm. like there's something about playoff Rondo. I'm I'm all for, and I, I, I like and the fact that like every single coach that is around him just immediately says he's the smartest player that I've ever coached. I mean, we I, I did that game one, and Alvin Gentry couldn't stop talking about it. I mean, it was actually a really funny thing when we sat down with AD. Um, he was saying, like, it's almost a little crazy. He calls me at 2.30 in the morning. He's watching tape. Be like, yo, man, look at this. I need to talk to you about this set. He goes, it's 2.30 in the morning. Why are you calling me? I just like the idea that he's just this, you know, crazy, quote-unquote genius uh, who's just obsessed with game and uh, game tape. And the fact that, like, he just hasn't been able to find the right mix because he's just this mercurial character. I don't know. I just find him very interesting. Cass, all those sentiments were echoed, I can promise you, in Chicago last year, too. Mm. Rondo was beloved on that team. And there was nobody who publicly, I mean, Fred Hoiberg said repeatedly the same thing that Alvin Gentry uh, has been saying recently, that you know, he hasn't come across a player who, who is so cerebral and knows uh, so much about the game. But to our conversation about the Pelicans this year, Nico Miritich repeatedly oh, yep. said that Rondo was the best teammate he's ever had. Oh, yeah. Look at them thriving. Beardless Miritich and playoff Rondo. <laughs> and, and here comes Drew Holiday playing the best ball of his I career. Know. You know I, what, I mean, though? You and me, though, looking at, like, ex-Bulls, we got Meritage thriving. We got, we got <laughs> you know, Rondo thriving. Freaking D-Wade is having a, like, you know, flashback Wade. And then and then Derrick Rose, of all people, is having, you know, just flashbacks of uh, MVP Rose. No, that was a lot. I was, I was on a roll right there. But, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. You were trying to will it attack. Yeah. I was looking for something. I, when I used up all my flashback terms. Um, anyways, that was a little, little side note. But Ramona, do you um, like that Warriors Pelicans inevitable? I'm matchup? concerned. I'm I'm legitimately concerned. For the Warriors. I really think that the Pelicans have a very good chance of beating them because they have one, it right now. they have it right now, and Drew Holiday is showing out, right? Like he, mm-hmm. I feel really good about putting him on an all defensive team. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, I okay, that's going that, to age well. That pick's going to yeah. age well. Right? Like that's, that's one yeah. of those, right? And I felt kind of weird doing it because I voted him and AD, I think on the first team. And I was like, yeah. hey, it was hard because I'll tell you this. Um, I had one very, very prominent player. You know, I consult with players when I go vote, and I really wanted to vote for Joel Embiid there, and they, they were like, you should. That's he, that's the guy that's the best defensive player. And I said, well, what do you think of AD? 
And this player said, this play, oh yeah, him too, right? Like those two guys yeah. are the two most sort of feared defensive players in the league. And that's no knock on Rudy Gobert, but the player I spoke to is essentially like, look, you know, Gobert sometimes can still be targeted by certain teams and certain offenses, right? Like he, they feel like if he gets into mismatch situations, he becomes more of a liability. Whereas, uh, whereas Anthony Davis can flat out, like if he gets switched onto a, a guard, like he's fine. And I was like, but it's kind of hard to put Anthony Davis as your defensive player of the year on a team that like defensively wasn't really a great defensive team. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to reward him for that, especially have two Pelicans on a first team all defense. But in these playoffs, like they're earning it and they're not just playing de- really good defense. They're going to be playing defense against Steph Curry coming off of an MCL. Like this isn't going to be the Steph Curry you're used to. This is Steph still getting back. And we all remember how he looked in the finals when he came off that knee injury. Just just not the same guy. Like he didn't have the same burst. He couldn't turn the corner. So that's not this is not the type of team the Warriors want to see in this in this round when Steph's not all the way back yet. I mean, a not 100 percent Steph is a big deal. That team is completely different mm-hmm. than Steph Curry. And, you know. I need to I, I need to get your advice on how to ask you know players about help with the the awards because that that, that whole process just they love giving me. their opinion they actually that, really that whole love it stressed me out it really did yeah it does I, will but... tell you, I think maybe the probably I'm gonna get called out for putting Steph on uh, my first team All NBA because he would before like win before he got hurt. He was mm-hmm. driving that that Warriors team, and he, I mean, it's arguably one of the top three players in the league at that time. So I, I, I mean, I think people, I think it's so hard to like compartmentalize, you know, p- parts of the season where we're voting at the end of the year, and so it was so fresh that he's out and they're, they're struggling. But I, you can't forget about what happened that got him into that second place. In the I, I don't have a problem with you putting stuff on that because he was having, uh, he was I, put, I think I put Steph second team. Um, and I, and I should have, I wanted to put him first, but I felt like, yeah, I couldn't not put Harden and Westbrook on the first team. Right. Um, and if you look at, it was, you know, this year when, you know, Steph had missed so many games, but, but he really deserved first team. He is that good. Like he, he was having probably his best season except for the times he got hurt. Yeah. So anyways, I guess that's the point where more of just like, I'm worried you know, maybe I'm I'm just too much on the surface here, but I just I feel like winning a championship is so much about team chemistry. And I'm not saying that the Warriors don't have chemistry, but it's just there's something a little there's been something a little weird about their vibe this year. Oh, um, I don't disagree with you at all. I don't think they have the same hunger. I don't think they have the same togetherness and brotherhood. Yeah. Like the jokes aren't as funny. We've talked about that on the pod several times. Like I just, you know, there. I think the playoffs help you find that because it's like now is the time you've been waiting right. for. But this whole season, they've been, they haven't really been their same fun, you know, together selves. But yeah. having said and, all that, having said all that, I think they still have too much talent. They, yeah, they yeah, still, yeah. even with New Orleans and the way they're rolling and playoff Rondo and beardless yeah, Nico, you're giving Rondo like two weeks to prepare for the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, that's all well and good. And they deserve all the credit that's rolling their way. But Golden State still has Kevin Durant, who is unbelievable. Draymond, who when he wants to lock in, can can shut down. But it's different anybody. without Steph. 
Uh, you're right. You're right. And, and and there's no question when Steph comes back off a knee injury, whenever exactly that will be, it is going to take him some time to find a rhythm. But Golden State, at least in my mind, for all their flaws this season, and and Ramona, you're right that I've been around them too, and they just they don't it doesn't feel the same way. I'm still taking them because they're still the team with all those top tier mm-hmm. stars. And for as unbelievable as Davis and Holiday have been and the contributions of Nico uh, and Rondo as well, Golden State knows how to win, and all these guys know how to raise their game to a different point, especially in a playoff series. And I would be really, really surprised if New Orleans can beat them four times out of seven. How many games are you giving New Orleans, though? Uh, I'd say Warriors and six. Yeah, I'm still going to pick the Warriors as the defending champs. And I think all 22 ESPN analysts are going to be wrong again, right? Okay, or potentially <laughs> wrong again. That was great, right? Yeah. The Pelicans Look, I, you guys okay. This is why I get any credit for saying now. that was going to go seven. To, that was going to be like Pelicans, and, or that, that was going to go Portland and seven. Like, yeah, ooh, you were trying to get series. a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of love? A little bit? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I, all right. No, I That's think they just, they just completely proved us all wrong. Good for them. Yep. Right? I'm happy to be yeah. wrong. That was that was a great series. And it's it was, I'm happy for I all mean, of them. I mean, it was a great guys, series for New Orleans. It was yeah. a good series for, for yeah, the, the Blazers. Yeah, it wasn't great to watch either. Yeah. I mean, what is that team going to be next year? I don't think that will be the same team next year. Nope. <laughs> they, they, they've got some work to do. That's going to be fun this summer. I want. I need to go to more concerts. You know what, actually? I'm not a Get on the person. app. Let's go. I'm not a huge concert person. I never know what to do with like my hands. I don't know what to dance or not. Like You got to let it flow. Sit down. Come on, Cass. Stand you up. Let it flow. You get to the <laughs> concert, you sing your song, you throw on some dance moves. It's a good night. Yeah, you throw on some dance moves. I mean, I, uh, I have thrown on plenty of dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the rest of y'all do out there, but I'm dancing and singing at every concert I'm at. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, okay. This goes back in time. It was my junior year of high school. It was Ja Rule. Joe, yeah, rule. <laughs> boys to men and key sweat. Oh my gosh! All together at the same All time. Together. Was this like that B ninety six summer jam or something? Yes, but in Orlando, Florida, at Hard Rock Live. <laughs> <gasps> That's amazing, huh? Isn't that an amazing concert? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You want to know the saddest thing? Speaking of key sweat. Um, I'm a little traumatized by Key Sweat, even though I I I, I, I love Key Sweat. But he was real hot when I was in um, when in middle school. Like his, it, you know, it, his joints were were popping up at twist. all the middle you school know. dances. But he would, but the people would come up to me in the hallway and be like, "You know who likes you? Nobody." <laughs> really sad. You don't know that song, huh? Do you? You don't know I'm Key Sweat. Nobody. I'm playing with that. <laughs> hey, look, Cass, Cass, don't feel bad about that because that concert I just told you about, I could not find a girl to go with me. I could not find a day for that concert. So my mom made my little brother go, and he has not forgotten it and still hates me to this day because of it. So, Nick, 
SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. Did you know that? That is a great thing because I have had some issues in the past <laughs> buying tickets that that weren't legit. So knowing that and knowing that I could go on the app and make it happen is great. No, what was it for? What were your bad tickets for? It Where'd was you get for, got? It was for the Beach Boys. How about that? What? The Beach Boys at Ravinia. Did you just turn into a 65-year-old man? I wish they all <laughs> California girls, you know? Got a belt so out. So you got? Arms. This is amazing. Someone sold you fake tickets to the Beach Boys at Ravinia. This summer... I will know better. And you know what, Nick? To get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Best of all, listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code HOOP today. That's promo code HOOP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I'm sitting here in Philadelphia, where in the span of, like, uh, let's say two months, the Sixers went from, oh, we might make the playoffs this year, to we might be in the finals this year. To Embiid saying the Sixers' time is now today. The Sixers' time is now. And I'm sitting here going, like, I watch them. I've watched them now for their, their three wins in the series and, you know, quite a bit during the season. I know, I know you, have, you have two, Cass and Nick, and it's like, I did not know how they would respond to playoff adversity yet. Like, that was my one question. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I also didn't know how they would adjust when teams will inevitably find defensive strategies to force either Ben Simmons to give the ball up or shoot, um, because that's coming, right? But thus far, they have passed every test. I mean, the, the way that they won that game four down in Miami, taking two games on the Heat's home court with, like, this is a veteran team, a proud team. Like, for them to do that is... Um, a big deal. And you look at the guys who are really contributing. It's their young guys, yes. But for them to get Bellinelli and Ilyasova mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. J.J. Redick, like those kind of veteran guys, like, you know, those weren't an option like a year ago. Right? Whose so voices, I know. Who, yep. Whose voice other than um, Simmons and Embiid is like standing out in that locker room? Like, I think J.J. I think J.J. I heard Robert Covington told me JJ gave them a big speech about how we got to send a message early because they're going to come out and try to, you know, try to get under your skin with physicality and they're going to try to mess you up. Like, and, and I know the guys heard that, but I, you know, Embiid is a very loud voice in that locker room. I think, I think Covington's got a voice there too. Um, you know, those are all, but, you know, Embiid and Covington are young guys. I think that the veteran who people really listen to is JJ. And I'm Mona. sure that, and, and they rally behind Brett Brown mm -hmm. because I, Brett yeah. Brown is just salt of the earth. That dude yep. is awesome. That guy, every time I sit down with him, I just am like, I want to like play for you. 
there's something it just he's so authentic mm-hmm. ramona having been yeah. around philly do you really believe they can go to the finals this year though i'm starting to think it i mean wow. i think that they are so cocky and confident it, they actually don't realize you're not supposed to be that way. Like they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that just means you're cruising for a, for a big time letdown, but look at the path they have in front of them. Sometimes they're going to play the winner of this. They're going to play the winner of this series that you're on, Nick. Do you think they can beat Boston or Milwaukee? I don't know. Didn't they just get beat done beating Milwaukee by 50 <laughs> in the last game of the year? Right, like in terms of confidence. I'm not. Well, I'm not buying either one of these teams. Been, so. You know, yeah, tanking yeah. on purpose, losing yes, the game on purpose. But, yeah, but they certainly the like. There. Like neither of those teams are in this series seem to like have the ability. Like they no. just are not fully formed, right? Like Boston is obviously missing is going to miss Kyrie, um, and you know I think Boston would be an interesting challenge for the Sixers in the sense that they play great defense and they have long athletic guys who I think would they would do some different things to the Bellinelli's and the Ilyasovas, those type of guys that have been succeeding I would like that in this Jason series. Tatum, Simmons matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Guys yeah. And they would do some different things to Simmons. But I, I feel like Philly, at least from a, sta- a talent standpoint, like those two, like between Simmons and Embiid and Embiid's not even good right now. Right. Like Embiid is still dealing with his mask. He can't see. <laughs> right. Like what? the, it's why all clogged he, up. Why, is yeah. the, why does he have a mask over his eyes? So like, the, the story is he can't, because he has broken that area before, he broke it at Kansas. I, I didn't know that until a few days ago. But the, all the doctors involved say he's at a much higher risk of re-injury. And oh. the idea is, like, if somebody were to elbow him right in the eye, it could still hit the orbital bone, even if you have the mask in front of it. Or let's say you get fingers, like if you get an eye poke, like it could still hit that orbital bone and where the bone is and it's healing means you can't take a chance on getting an eye poke. But I also think it's going to be different when he's at home and it's in the hockey arena, right? It's not going to be as hot and humid in there as it was in Miami. And like, they're going to find other ways to keep it from getting so fogged up. And so, so, you know, he was, I mean, you could see, he just hates the mask. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it just encapsulates the, 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 the I'm claustrophobic just looking at that thing. Uh, yes, like, me too. don't you feel like, oh my God, I would be like so claustrophobic oh, with that mask yeah, on, especially when you're hot and would, sweaty. Oh. It'd be like, you know, like when, a, like when you put something like on a dog and like, yeah. <laughs> they don't walk and yeah. scraping it off. <laughs> Take <laughs> it off. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That for the rest of the playoffs and. He's, you know, he's getting used to it and all that, but he also doesn't have his offensive rhythm at all. I mean, at eight turnovers in the other game, like, you know, he's only good defensively right now because he's just deciding, okay, well, if I can't, if I'm not good on offense, then I'll you know, dominate defensively. But just, just wait till Embiid is good again, right? Like, yeah. Like that's how good. But then the he wasn't right good, now. and then Ben Simmons picked up the slack. I mean, those mm-hmm. two. Though, I mean, those. It's going to be so fun watching those two. See, I yes. think I think Boston can beat Philly if mm-hmm. Boston gets through this series. I don't think that Milwaukee right. has enough to do it, uh, which which goes back to the path that they've created. And the problem I see with Philly from a distance is that even if they got to that point now in the Eastern Conference Finals, whoever it is that comes out—is it Cleveland? Is it Toronto? Is it you know, Indy Indiana? Indiana, right? I, I don't think the Wizards could do it, but I think those mm-hmm. three teams uh, 
could could stand up to the the two power brokers in Embiid and Simmons. So good for the Wizards for showing up, by the way. Yeah. Oh. It yes. was gonna be uh, it yes. was gonna be as ugly in DC as it's gonna be in Portland if the Wizards didn't do what they just did in the last couple games. I forgot. I think it was Jalen who called that uh, series the like blow it up series because whoever mm-hmm. loses that series is gonna have to blow up their team. Well, the Raptors have already had that little gut check, you know, several times of like we have the same collection of talent. Is there anything we can do to get by the Cavs? And thus far, they've just kept the same collection of talent. But this mm-hmm. year, they changed the way they play, and they added a mm-hmm. bunch of young guys who have shown up really well. And yeah. it's been kind of a nice resurgence for them. But one, they got to get by Washington. And then two, you got to get past the Cavs. And I'm assuming the Cavs are going to win this series against Indy, but that's a big assumption at this point. Um, but, you know, it's just hard when you're playing the same team over and over and you keep running up against the same wall. Do we appreciate – do you think, like, years from now we're going to look back at Lance Stevenson clips and, like, appreciate – <laughs> the comedy that he is. I just, I love the tweet that I saw last night, which was, I think Lance Stevenson is the only player in the NBA who truly believes he's better than LeBron James. <laughs> no, I think, I think waiters might too. <laughs> I think Dion might too. We should probably wrap up soon, but I do. Um, what's been the most fun first round series so far? Like Ramona, you got front row seats to, um, to a yeah, one. it's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like part basketball, parts part MMA series. It's pretty great. Yeah, and I'm yeah. and I don't even think we're to the best part. Like I just I keep waiting for the Kelly Olynyk moment. You know, like oh. I know that's going to happen. Like I know Embiid is going to go nuts. Like I I kind of am. I you know he almost did the other day when he like first he like destroys Josh Richardson like like body slams him and then gets up and runs across the court and you know, gets involved in this big fight that's going on between Covington and, and James Johnson. And like that had the makings of like a really big scene, but then mm-hmm. everybody involved, mm-hmm. like go back and watch the video of that. My favorite part is that Eric Spolster is right in the middle of it. And I'm like, Spo, you better get out of there. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think you want mm-hmm. me right in the middle of that one, man. Those mm-hmm. Big guys right there. Um, You're going like, to catch this is, it's, it's really, this one's ready to belt high oh, up. Yeah. yeah. Even if you catch a, if you catch an elbow, like it's not intended for you, you might not be here for long. <laughs> like this series has that potential, but I really think the biggest surprise was the Pelicans. Don't you? Yes, absolutely. I'm just trying to think of like what's been. I I just I don't think I can go away from the Cavs and Pacers from being entertainment value because there's I think just just so much on the line when it comes mm-hmm. to LeBron in this postseason and. Um, are you guys uh, team um, matching suits or uh, against the matching suits? Oh, I'm for it. I think it's cool. I think it's I cool. Do. And I think I it's think... even cooler that they doubled up after. Yeah, <laughs> after the loss, it was like. But is it just is it is it just me or is like is is does it seem like the only suit that actually fits is on LeBron and all the other <laughs> suits like are just a little off. Like just like a little, just they don't really all fit. Maybe that's just me. I um, I don't think I'm on the it's cool train, but I'm mm. not going to full on hate because I don't think that's good for business. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen it before, so if nothing else, this is like a cool little story mm-hmm. um about this first round of the playoffs. 
Like, I wonder if they're going to continue doing that. I think we're going to, as a podcast, approve the matching suits, if only because <laughs> KD got caught in the IG comments today. And on that instance, um, Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry were, like, commenting with each other on photos of it, like, where are our suits? We remember getting right. fitted for that. So. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Excellent. That's pretty good. So this has been in the works for a while, actually. Yeah. So that may be while, while, uh, why Jordan Clarkson's suit didn't look like it fit him, because they had to put that one on Rush. Yeah. Well, think about it. Like, how did you... Okay, so, you know, when, when a guy proposes to a girl, one of the things he's got to figure out is what her ring size is. And yeah. you have to do it in a way where she doesn't know that you're at, why she's asking. Like sometimes guys will like steal one other girl, you know, one of your other rings and like take it to a jeweler when you don't notice. Or sometimes they like find out, ask a friend to see if they can figure it out, you know, whatever it is. So like, how did he get everyone's measurements? Like that's what that makes me think about. Like how did LeBron do that? How did he get the, did well, they, they all, did they have tailors? Probably brought yeah. in a tailor and everybody got fitted. The big deal. That's like a whole thing, you know. People are all, everybody, you know. They always. Well, have I that mean, story. John 15. Wall bought his teammates Rolexes. I think LeBron James can afford a, a tailor to come in, mm-hmm. get some some suits. Yo, Cass, do you think that what? Rolex is more expensive than those suits? Yes. Mm. And it's a dollar suit. Mm. Then, the, what? Tom Brown's not the They're cheapest big. thing. Yeah, and they're pretty big guys. They're gonna be tall. A lot of material. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I don't know how much the Rolex was, but my guess is it was around a dollar Rolex. I'm not sure, but like, no suit should cost dollars. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm done with y'all. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, yeah. On that note, let's get to watching this uh, this playoff game. Um, enjoy uh, Cambridge and uh, Philly. Han out in LA. That's it for the Hoop Hoop Collective.